Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tennis Fanalyst podcast. Today we're going to finally be previewing some Grand Slam tennis for you and it's the US Open starting today. So me and Michael have got up nice and early this morning to prep and record for you listeners. Uh, Michael, you must be bursting with excitement and a little hungover. Well, eight o'clock this morning was a little bit of a lie-in for me, so I haven't. I don't feel like I got up very early to do this. Um, yeah, I'm very excited. It feels very weird that we're having the second Grand Slam of the year in, well, September. Uh, the, the most of it is, I guess. Um, so yeah, very, very weird. But I'm looking forward to watching it. I think the Western and Southern Open really showed me that although we want fans back at tennis when we can, it it can be done very well without fans there and it still still builds a bit of an atmosphere, I think, when you're watching at home. Yeah, certainly. And uh, yeah, I can't really think of a better way to finish off the bank holiday weekend with a lovely bit of first round tennis action. Let's get into the rest of the pod. So just for the first segment, we're going to reflect and uh, just give our responses to the two Western Southern Open finals. Firstly, sadly, there's not a lot to report about the women's side where um, Naomi Osaka pulled out. She said she had a, a tight hamstring, I believe, or a tight calf um, before the game. So she decided to take priority in, in the US Open and, uh, and pull out, therefore giving Victoria Azarenka the title by default. Obviously, a massive, a massive uh, title for the former world number one and Grand Slam champion who, as we've previously discussed, has, has fallen away from the top of the women's game. But onto the men's side, and it was a bit of an epic, it has to be said. Um, Novak Djokovic having to dig deep. Um, Milos Raonic with some superb serving, as, as it always seems to be. I think I, think I heard on commentary, um, they said Raonic had held 63 out of 66 games in the, uh, in, in the tournament. And then obviously Djokovic went a breakdown in the third set and managed to break back and then break, well, break again. And then serve out to win the final set 6-4. Michael, what did, what did you think of it? The first major final back, back on the tour. Yeah, uh, it was a brilliant final. I um, When we recorded our last podcast, I decided to give Ryan Nitsch no chance at all against Djokovic. And uh, he went and proved me wrong. Won the first set 6-1, as you say, and um, played really, really well. Played so well the whole week, uh, but I think unfortunately for Ryanich, maybe the fact that he was ten nil down in the head-to-head to Djokovic, I think it's hard to put those things out of your mind, even when you're set up anyway. Um, and I think Djokovic is just the, the, one of the reasons why he is just such a champion. And I think it's the same goes for Federer and Nadal, is they just always find a way. Uh, it doesn't really matter what the score has been in previous sets. It's just a fresh start in the new set and, and they always just find a way. And I think Djokovic, I believe, he was a breakdown uh, in the last set as well. So um, really, it was very much like uh, when he played Batista Gutt and we spoke about that on the last pod, uh, just really found a way to come back and, and win. Um, so yeah, brilliant start for Djokovic. It would be the start that he really wanted. Uh, got some good minutes on court ahead of the uh, the US Open. And um, yeah, I think Ryanich though will take a lot of uh, positives from this week. He um, has not had a brilliant time over the last three, four years after making the Wimbledon final in 2016. 
And um, yeah, but, but but you know, brilliant week for Reinich. I think uh, we'll, we hopefully will be seeing him return to sort of. I don't know if I'll hesitate to say the levels that he was at, but um, definitely, definitely up there. I think. Yeah, and there was some immense um, determination, desire, and just grit from from Novak Djokovic, which we've become so used to over the years. Obviously, after losing the first set. 6-1, which came as a massive shock. We discussed yesterday morning briefly. Um, I just compared the Serbian Djokovic to one Ronnie O'Sullivan, the snooker world champion, and just saying how um, sometimes motivation can dip. However, when you are the best player in the world, you can turn it on when you need to or when you want to, or when, when you feel like you have to. And it seems a bit like Djokovic did do that in the match. It just feels a bit strange that he lost the first set 6-1 and then was so dominant afterwards, um, apart from at the start of that deciding set. Um, just, do you have any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think the comparison to Ronnie O'Sullivan's a, a really good, really good comparison. Um, I, I don't want to sort of start hedging conspiracy theories or anything, but it did feel a little bit like Djokovic... Well, I, I, not, he, didn't, he, he just didn't seem to give it his full effort, um, I don't think, in the, in the first set. And I do think maybe in the back of his mind, he, he was looking for, looking for the minutes uh, that in the match. But maybe that's not true. But as you say, you know, the motivation thing you said was very true. Um, it can dip for Djokovic at times during match. We can see him losing his head. He, he definitely loses his head on the court a lot more than the other two members of the big three in, in Federer and Nadal. But um, whether it helps him, you know, he, he always seems to find a way to channel it uh, and, and come back and win. Yeah, I mean, it's often that you see players towards the end of sets that they don't feel like they can get back into, just choose to conserve energy rather than trying to stay at a stage of major comeback and, um, yeah, just prioritise future, future games and sets. So, I mean, that's just simple game management, I suppose, and getting the, getting the best out of, out of his body. So. Um, yeah, it's hard to criticise, but the 1-6 in the scoreline is quite strange. Um, but yeah, a, a great final all the same. And um, yeah, just increases our excitement really for these these two weeks. And let's not, not, not take it away from Ryanich at all. You know, we say the 6-1 is a bit strange, but um, Ryanich played quality all week. Uh, he was definitely the surprise package of the tournament. And, you know, fingers crossed for him that he can he can turn sort of his misfortune around in the last few years. Finally then, we are moving on to the US Open, the chat that we've all been waiting for, maybe you've all been waiting for as well. Um, we previewed a bit of, a few of the first round ties in, in the last episode, so today we're going to talk a little bit more about our predictions, how we think it's going to plan out. Obviously, I really struggled with the Western Southern Open compared to Michael, so need to uh, need to make up for that in this tournament. Um to do that, we're just going to rattle off the four quarter-final ties we have and then maybe we'll work backwards a little bit. Um, do you want to go first, Michael? Of course. Uh, we're going top-down. So, uh, first quarter-final, uh, not surprisingly, Novak Djokovic against... I've gone for Denis Shapovalov to get to the quarter-final. Uh, so, in that little quarter, David Goffin is uh, seeded to get to the quarter, but I've I've gone for Denis Shapovalov. Yep, 
that's my first quarterfinal. Uh, second quarterfinal, I have gone uh, with the seeds. I've gone for Stefano Sissipas, uh, Sissipas, I should say, against uh, Alexander Zverev. Next quarterfinal, uh, again, gone with the seeds. Matteo Berrettini uh, to play Daniel Medvedev, who obviously made the final last year. And then for the last quarterfinal, we've got uh, definitely my biggest shock that I'm hoping on. Uh, I've got Milos Reinich against Dominic Team, and I've actually gone for Reinich to win that quarterfinal. So I have Milos Reinich getting to the semi-final of the US Open. Maybe I've been a little bit silly. Maybe I've just watched one tournament back. He's played very well, and I've fallen for it a little bit. But um, yeah, they're my quarterfinals. Nice one. They're sort of similar to mine as well. Um, I think just one difference. Yeah, just just one difference. Probably my controversial pick to make the last eight, and that's Filip Krajinovic to play Djokovic in the in the quarterfinal instead of instead of Denis Shapovalov. So yeah, I've got him to beat Mikhail Imer, Marcus Giron, David Goffin, and then um, Denis Shapovalov to reach the last eight. Um, yeah, I think I'd say the p- player that I'm more nervous about is Sasha Zverev getting into that last eight. He has been prone to a to a uh, disappointment or two in Grand Slam tennis over the years. Um, and then, yeah, really, team versus Raonic. I think Raonic will definitely have a good tournament. If he serves like he has done uh, in the Western and Southern Open, then he's definitely got a great chance of going deep into it. And, yeah, maybe even beating team. I've still... Still back team, even after last week's disappointment. Um, I've, I've had him to get, uh, I have him to get to the final, and I've actually changed my mind and gone for Novak Djokovic to win the tournament um, this time. But yeah, just on the other quarterfinal, Medvedev versus Berrettini, last year's finalists versus one of last year's semi-finalists. Um, yeah, I can, I can see a strong week for those two, and um, yeah, both, both players playing with, with happy memories on court. Yeah, I think. When you talk about you're a little bit worried about uh, Sasha Zverev getting through, I think the draw to him, though he's got a horrible first round in Kevin Anderson, which we spoke a bit about in the last pod. Um, if he gets through the Anderson match, I think he would back him to make the quarter because it's a second round against Paolo, uh, Paolo Lorenzi or Brandon Nakashima. I, I can't see either of them upsetting Zverev. I've got potential... A third round with Lorenzo Sanego could be Adrian Manorino. But I don't really see the names in Zverev's draw that I think can beat him early on. But, but you know, we'll, we'll see. He, As you say, he's been prone to surprises. But I, I would say I'm maybe not comfortable about Zverev getting into the quarter, but I do think the draw has been quite kind to him. Yeah, I completely agree. That Kevin Anderson test is definitely the main one. Um, but you never know, players raise their game in, in Grand Slams. And yeah, and Lorenzo Sonigo could become a much bigger challenge than maybe it would be on a on a normal ranking event. Um, obviously, I've gone Krajinovic to get to the quarterfinal. You've got Raonic to the semi-final. Any other controversial picks you've got? Um, yeah, I've got... Um, let me just find on my draw where we're looking at. Uh, yeah, so I've got, um, I think we've both got this, got Andy Murray to get to the third round, Andy Murray to beat uh, Nishioka in the first round, which I don't think is too much of a surprise, but then uh, got him to beat Felix Auger-Aliassime, who's one of the um, real young guns and um, exciting prospects in tennis, still only 20, I believe, 
Um, so, you know, re- really good talent. But he, he did have a bit of a disappointing last week in Cincinnati. Um, and I think Murray really showed last week that he's still got it in him to get some big wins. We've got Murray to get to the third round. And I think, again, we've both got um, Andy Murray to face Dan Evans in the third round. And what a match that will be uh, for, for the British interest. You can follow the Tennis Fanalyst Twitter page because we will be doing live updates from that match uh, if it happens. And I've got Dan Evans to beat Murray. So I guess Dan Evans to the... How many rounds will that be? That'll be the fourth round. I've got Dan Evans to the fourth round. Uh, I guess that's a little bit of a punt, but he has got a good record at the US Open and he has had a very good year. Still got an outside shot at the uh, top eight, although there's probably not enough tournaments for him to gain the points still to come. And my other, one of my other um, surprises, if I just find it, is uh, another Brit, Cameron Norrie. I've got Cameron Norrie to beat Diego Schwartzman in the first round, which I think that's that that's a a big punt. Schwartzman is a very good player, but you know the hard court of the US Open, I, I don't think really suits his style. And I think Cameron Norrie it does uh, lives out in America, I believe, and and trains out there, so much more suited to the the US hard courts. And he's got a nice second round against either Jason Jung or Federico Correa. That will be a first-round tie on court 17, I would assume. Uh, and then I've got Cameron Norrie to also beat her cash in the uh, third round. So I've got Cameron... I'm just reading. Yeah, I've got Cameron Norrie to the fourth round, uh, as well as Dan Evans, and then uh, Sasha Zverev to beat Cameron Norrie in the fourth round. The two Brits into the last 16, says Michael Gillett. Let's have a look. See, see how that one progresses as the week goes forward. I've, I have been a bit ambitious, maybe a bit overly romantic, and I've got Andy Murray to beat Dan Evans in the third round and make the last 16 where I believe having to lose out to Dominic team. But just going on to Evans, and it, it is a big opportunity, I think. Um, just the way the draw has presented itself, like in his block of four to reach the third round, he's just got to get past Thiago Saboff wild Interesting young player, however more suited to the clay course and then um, beat one of Corentin Mute or Yuri Vesely, um, which I think, you know, would definitely be a huge favourite for. And uh, if, if Evans plays, plays the tennis like we know we can, should not be a problem for him. He did lose out early on in the Australian Open. I believe it was Nishioka that knocked him out, which was a bit of a surprise. Um, so maybe he still feels like he has a bit of a, a point to prove it in the slams this year, obviously the US Open now only being the second one. But uh, yeah, I, I do think that this is a big opportunity for Evans and especially to push up that year-to-date ranking. Yeah, it's interesting that you've gone for Andy Murray to win that. And uh, again, it's interesting that you've got Dominic team to beat Andy Murray because I feel like if Murray is playing good enough tennis to beat Dan Evans and get to the, the fourth round, although obviously fitness is a problem for Murray, if Murray ends up playing team, I'm probably backing Andy Murray. I think it's a sort of match that I don't think team will handle well. Um, team has also got, just seeing now, team's got a horrible uh, potential third round against Marin Cilic, which, you know, Cilic obviously been a bit out of form this year. Uh, and, and I'm trying to remember how he did last week. I don't think he did brilliantly. I think he might have, let me just see. Uh, yeah, lost to Derek, Denis Shapovalov in the first round. So I guess that's not a, a, a bad loss. But um, 
a potential third round tie for Dominic Team against Marin Cilic, who's obviously a former champion at the US Open. I think that's very tough for Team, and I, I think there's every chance that we might be seeing Team go out early because he's got a tough draw. You know, the first couple of rounds, Munar in the first round, and then either Bradley Klan or Summit Nagao uh, in in the second round. Uh, but then after that, he's got a bit of a tough run. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm still confident in team. I mean, I know you've you've questioned his uh, ability to handle the pressure, and uh, yeah, obviously going into this as second seed is is massive. I assume it's the first Grand Slam where he's done that. Well, yeah, and and you've got to remember if Djokovic, you know, loses early on or gets injured, Dominic Team is suddenly the favourite to win a Grand Slam. Well, you know, when's that ever been said? That that's never happened from what I can remember in the sense that well like I don't know when Chilic and Ishikori got to the final of this that's probably the only time I can remember all of the big three not being present and suddenly someone else is favourite to win a slam so it'll be interesting to see how the team handles that well yeah uh, and I think that speaks volumes to just how much he's improved on a hard court in the last few years obviously make, making the final of the ATP Tour finals and backing that up with a final appearance that we definitely think he should have won in the in the Australian Open, um, and so yeah, I just think he he has the game. And you say um, Chile would be a tough third round tie; it definitely would for any player. Um, however, I I think Munar and then uh, Sonic Nagal or Bradley Klan, I don't see him dropping a set even many games. Um, I mean, <laughs> no disrespect to those three players, but team should be fresh for that Chilich challenge if it does um, present itself. And um, yeah, going back on to what you said about Andy Murray, I feel I've been a bit ambitious getting him to get to the fourth round purely because he'd have to win three matches. Um, and so the physical test of team, should he get there? I, I don't think, I don't think he'd, he'd quite be up to in, in a five set match. Um, so yeah, I'm back into. It. I mean, should he play Ramic in the quarterfinal? I agree with what you've said. That is pretty even, given what round how Ramic performed in in this last week. You know, we, we can't really rely on the rankings as as much as we have during during the normal ATP tour because we don't know how how play, different players are going to come back at, at different speeds. But um, having watched a lot of team this year and seeing his improvement on the hard court, I'm I'm definitely confident that he'll. He'll have a deep run, at least, in this tournament. Marcus Ali says, I am definitely confident that team will have a deep run at the US Open. I'm going to remember this quotation. Right then, for the next section, we're going to have a little trivia round just to keep you all entertained. And uh, then we'll follow that by guest the player. Um, so, Michael, my trivia question is ranking-based, as uh, we, we've done previously. Um, so, I'm telling you this. There are three French players with the con- which are in a three in a row in the rankings. They're mm. ranked 50, 51 and 52. Can you name them? Don't worry about the order. Okay, 51, fi- no, 50, 51 and 52. Okay, so... We're talking too low for someone like a Gilles Simon. Um, we're going to say Richard Gasquet. Is he one? Marcus is nodding. 
Correct. Yeah, he's he's, uh, he's fifty one. Okay, so gone down the middle. Um, Songa is he is he there now? Yeah. Yep. Songa's fifty. Gasquet and Songa. I'm doing well. Um, okay. So as I say, not going to be Gilles Simon. Obviously, not going to be Gael Monfils because he's top ten. Um, thinking of other French players. Um. You've got Hugo and Bear, but I would think he's higher. You've got um, Hebert. Uh, yeah, it's Umber and Hebert. Um, Hebert, again, I think he'd be a bit higher. So I don't think it's going to be him. Um, but I'm running out of who else it could be. Um, oh, someone like Moutet. Could be Moutet. Is that a bit high for Mutet? 50. So w- which one was Songa, did you say? Songa was 50. Gasquet was 51. Mutet, 52? Yeah, Mutet. No, incorrect. It's okay. also not Adrian Manorino, who you didn't mention. Ah, good point. It's, uh, not it's someone that you have mentioned. So it's going to be Haber. Is it Umber? Ugo Umber? It's not Hugo Umbert either. Who else have I mentioned? It, it, it can't be Gilles Simon. Is it Gilles Simon? It is veteran, former top tenner, Gilles Simon, 52 he, in the world, yeah. He got to the Queen's final last a year. Nice little, a nice little enough. throwback in the rankings of Songa followed yeah. by Gasquet, followed by Simon. Well, I was very pleased to get Songa and Gasquet quickly. I'm very surprised Gilles Simon is 52nd. As I say, Queen's final last year, I thought that would be... He must have had not a brilliant year apart from that because that's a lot of points. Fair enough. Good question. On to guess the player. Yes, guess the player. I've done one for Marcus today. I don't know who else I would have done it for. Uh, The first clue is I am currently at my career high ranking. Novak Djokovic. <laughs> I like the thinking. Uh, I have considered doing Djokovic before, actually, and doing some obscure clues, but uh, it's not Novak Djokovic. Second clue, uh, we will go for... I have once made the fourth round of a Grand Slam. Only once, that's the only time. And that came at the French Open last year. Okay, that's a toughie. I mean, I don't really remember a lot about French Open last year. Um, yeah, I'm not that sure. Uh, Denis Shapovalov. Uh, no, but probably a good guess. He's probably... I don't know if he's made a fourth round of the slam, but he, if he has, he's probably only done it once or twice. Uh, second clue, this is going to give you a bit more to go with. I am ranked 29th, but I have never won an ATP Tour title or even got to a final. And that in itself surprises me. Yeah, okay. So this is a guy who... Uh, might not have had many major wins in his career. He's just quite consistent. 29 in the world. Hmm. I usually know that region quite well. 
That's the rankings. I'm going to go for Jan Leonard Struff. Ooh, correct. Get it. Three. That's a very, very well done. Great pun. Jan Leonard Struff. Uh, my other two clues. Clue four was going to be last week. I beat Alex Dimoneur in the first round of the Western and Southern Open, 6 2, 6 4. And then uh, clue five was going to be I'm German. But uh, we don't need those clues. That's very well done, Marcus. Yeah, he is a good player. I think um, quite interestingly for a player that's quite quite a big server is quite a big part of his game. He's surprisingly decent on clay, which I don't think is that common. No, it's a good point, actually. Good point. And it really surprises me that he's ranked 29th. He's only ever been in the fourth round of a slam once. And he's never even made an ATP final. So I'm just, where do the points come from? It must just be very consistent quarterfinal. He got to the quarterfinal of the Western and the Southern last week, uh, lost to Djokovic. So I think he's just a very consistent player, but someone who, unfortunately for him, you know, he's 30 years old. That that wasn't a clue, but I was going to possibly put that in as a clue. I just, unfortunately for him, I just don't feel that we're really going to see him get any higher. Um, I don't know. Maybe... You would have said that about Kevin Anderson when he was around the 60s and 70s in the world and in his late 20s. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he is in the f- the form of his career without making a final. Or um, So, I'm not sure. I mean, I could see him pushing sort of into the early 20s in the rankings, but maybe not beyond that. Yeah, so that is your guest to play this week, Jan Leonard Struff. So that's all. We uh, hope you enjoy the US Open. Um, we'll definitely be covering it as much as we can on, on the Twitter page. That's at Tennis Fanalyst. So we look forward to interacting with you on that. Uh, thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and uh, we'll be back soon.